Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Well, we just came back. If you had your eyes and ears closed for most of this service, we just came back from a conference called Emerge for our men. And I'm telling you... uh, no, no condemnation in my voice, but if you didn't get to go this year, trust me, you want to go next year. Trust me, you want to go next year. AJ, are you still in the room, my man? AJ, will you stand up one more time just real quick? I actually have a word for you. God is seeing your heart from the time you were a little boy, and you have always had this heart soft towards him and wanted to see him move in your life. And he brought you here and he did the miracle he did to affirm that the desires of your heart as a young man to serve him, they they were his from the beginning and the enemy did his absolute best to try to derail you. But he's proud of you that you're in the house of God and he's proud of you that you had the faith to go to emerge and the faith to share what was going on, the faith to pray. It's that faith that healed you. And the healing, may it be an anchor for you, God has plans for my life. He's not letting me go home early because he has plans for my life. So God, we just release over AJ the call of God on his life. And he's going to operate at the fullest level. And everything the enemy took from all the years he feel that were taken, God's going to restore those sevenfold. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> Can I share your miracle, AJ? Because uh, people that weren't at men's prayer might be like, what happened? Why is this guy on stage? Well, let me tell you. AJ's been going to our church for about five weeks. Just said, I'm going and I'm going to chase God. And he decided to go to Emerge. And uh, he's al- he also found out, diagnosed with stage three cancer. And so we're at Emerge and we're getting ready to do our burning building. And I love my team because I was dealing with a finding out I'm going to Washington. So I was a little late and the team was waiting because they know I want to see those burdens get burned. And so what do they do in their free time? They're like, why don't we just all pray over AJ and declare that God's going to do what he does. So I come up, I come up and they're all surrounding this guy who honestly, I've only met like one time briefly. So I'm like, what's going on here? Like I have no clue. And I just hear I hear men praying in tongues, believing. I hear Pastor Alex declaring that the cancer's dead. And so we get back from Emerge, and AJ begins to feel sick on Sunday and has pain in his side. And, uh, you know, so that's looking, the circumstances don't look better. They look worse, right? And so he goes into the hospital, spends the night in the hospital. They do a little scan of his kidney, and they, they find a dot there. And they say, oh, man, you've got a dot. We need to figure out, we need to do a full body scan, figure out what's going on. So it's looking worse. The circumstance looking worse. But how many know, people know that we don't live our life based off of the circumstance. We live our life based off of what he said and what he does. So correct me wrong, what, five in the morning, doctor comes in, or after being there forever, he comes in, he says, hey, has a look on his face. AJ's trying to figure it out, because he looks concerned. He looks confused. And AJ's like, okay, what's about to happen? He says, well, I have something to tell you. Oh, no, what's going to say? Well, you don't have a spot on your kidney. We were wrong on that. And also, when we did the full body scan, we can't find the tumors anymore. You don't have cancer. 
Come on, give Jesus a shout. Woo! Come on. AJ, invite that doctor to, uh, to church. Come on. Come on. Oh, man, Jesus is good. Man, Jesus is good. Man, Jesus is good. My word today has to do with what now because, you know, we just came back from a merge. We had a Sunday that blew everybody's mind. I mean, that's one miracle we've heard about this week. There was miracles breaking out all over the building, people getting prophetic words so accurate, God doing healings, emotional depression, anxiety. I mean, just doing his thing. And, and, and I want to just, here's what can happen if you aren't intentional with what God gave you at a conference or gave you on a breakout Sunday. What he gave you, if you don't steward that breakthrough very well, you can actually lose some of that mojo, some of that juice, some of that momentum, because life is still waiting to try to bring you back down. Am I right? Can I, can I keep it real? Like you might still be, I'm still buzzing. I still haven't processed half of the messages. I'm going to get the media card because I'm like, I was just, God was overwhelming me during a merge. And I just want to lay down some groundwork because uh, our theme this year was valor, was valor. See, God responds, like, hear me on this. Faith looks a lot like courage. Most of the time, what faith looks like fleshed out, some people will honestly be irresponsible and stupid and call it faith. That's negative, and let's, like, uh, throw that out. You know, like, I don't need a job. God provides. Well, yeah, he provides through you getting a job, right? Like, (laughs) unless you sold a business and you, you, whatever. But I'm just saying, like, don't use an excuse for another issue and mark it as faith, But then there's the faith that is, and oftentimes that faith looks bold. It's 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 courageous. It's it's doing stepping usually out of the comfort or stretching to something where people will be like, oh man, you know how many people haven't had success? Or you know how many people how many know you know how many entrepreneurs have failed? You know how many uh, you know it's it's that it's that negative pulling you down, and what it requires to live a life of faith is courage. Sometimes it's courage for other people. Sometimes it's courage to help another person. Man, we saw the most amazing thing in Emerge. We have this thing for uh, little kids called the ride, or not little kids, young men. Cancel. I thought I, went, I was in the future. I was in Emerge Junior, okay? We had young men, junior high and up, and, you know, in, as a culture, we don't have a rite of passage. We don't have a thing where we say, hey, you, welcome to the fraternity, welcome to the brotherhood, you're a man now. And that's cost men dearly. They need that. They need, there's no word teenager in the Bible. You were a kid, 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 and then one day you're a man, you know, like, <laughs> and you know, when you, there's brown 13, so it's like, I'm a man, you know, like, <laughs> but there, you know, but we, we don't have that. And so at Emerge, what we, what we have is this three, four mile insane obstacle course because Baptism of being a man is being willing to stand up to a fight, being willing to stand up to adversity. I'm telling you, we've, 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 we've wussified men, men that when they see a battle, hide or run, or instead of saying, no, I, I'll jump in, I go into the line of fire because God has hardwired me to protect. God has hardwired me to, to be brave. And so we, we give the men that opportunity and I'm waiting there at the cross because I got a few of our young guys running. I want to make sure there's somebody there to pray with them. 
and uh, it ends at the cross on the top of this mountain, and I'm waiting, and I start hearing this, there's a bunch of guys lining the trail, and it, it turns at the very end, so you can't see what's coming, and I hear, you know, them start to clap, and everybody's clapping real loud, and usually what was happening was you'd hear the clap, and then somebody would turn the corner, but the clap just keeps going. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, this is taking forever, and all of a sudden, around the corner, there's four young, probably freshman boys carrying another boy who had blown out his leg early in the race. And I'm sitting there and I see a couple of our youth pastors there running with, I mean, everybody's losing their mind because these young men get it. They're carrying their brother over the line. And I'm like, how, how long has this been going on? They're like, man, they've been doing this for two miles. Two miles. And I'm like, some of us are too afraid to invite our friend to church. Sorry, little, that, was, that was not nice. I came at you out of left field. But, but honestly, it convicted me. I'm like, those guys will carry that, that kid two miles up a mountain and, and just to make sure he gets to the cross just like they were gonna get to the cross and get their badge and say, welcome to the family, welcome to the fraternity. And some of us are intimidated that our friend at the gym or our friend that, we've been, that was friends with us before we were Christian that we kind of been avoiding because we're like, I don't want them to really see. Like, I'm trying, I don't want to live that life more, but I don't want to feel judged. You know what, I'm, I'm just keeping it real. We're afraid to invite that person and usher them to the cross when we know that they're seeking Secretly, they're broken, their legs broken, they're limping in life right now. They don't have that unconditional love. They don't have that mercy and grace. They have shame, guilt, and condemnation. And can we be a church that's willing to pick up some people and carry them? You say, well, it's, it's a bit far. I'm just saying, if our junior hires and high schoolers can do it, we can definitely do it. Amen, amen. Come on, where's my time? Good. I want to leave ministry time. Title of my message is Valor's, Pain, or Valor's Path. Valor's Path. So, and this isn't just for the guys that went to emerge. This isn't just for the guys. Being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, one of the prerequisites is, is bravery. It's, it's stepping, it's living a life bigger than just you. It's living your, uh, God's going to take you, heal you, restore you, refresh you, bless you, so you can live a life bigger than you to impact the world around you. And I'm telling you, you're not satisfied if you're not living at that caliber. Why? Because you're living less than what God intended you to live. There's not a single person. We all have different gifts, different you know, abilities, all that stuff. There's not a single person that God hasn't called to live in that stretch zone. And I love this story I'm about to read. And I'm gonna paraphrase it for time's sake. But one of the... Uh, most interesting dialogues between God and man for me is the story of Gideon in the Bible. The story of Gideon. Uh, and, and he's a man that got catapulted onto a brave path, onto the valor's path, if you will. That actually, and, and before, so the synopsis of the story, if you haven't read it in the Bible, is Israel's completely surrounded by an enemy, and this enemy has been basically holding them captive for seven years, and every time they plant a seed, every time they're, they have a, an animal, a livestock, once that livestock or that seed gets ready to harvest, the enemy just comes and takes everything they worked for and leaves, and that's been happening for seven years, and the story is, is that God calls up one man, and he says, you're going to be the deliverer for Israel, and so God uses him he starts with a huge army. He whittles it down to 300 guys. Come on. 
Anybody seen the movie 300? Let's go. Okay. Uh, he whittles it down to 300 guys, and they take out the army. It's a great story found in Judges 6 and 7. Go read it if you've never read it. But I want to talk about what God did before with Gideon, what God did right before he sent him into battle. Because that, that, that little nugget there is what I believe is the foundation. I've got five points. I'm going to go super fast, all right? So in the story, first, I want to start at uh, Judges chapter 6, verse 2. And this is, it says, and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because the Midianites, the children of Israel, because the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves dens, say dens, caves, and strongholds. I'll take it from here, which are in the mountains. Point number one, one of the way, one of the things God is trying to do in your world is to pull you out of the dens the strongholds, and the caves. Can I tell you one of the reasons uh, Emerge for Men is so effective is men are notorious for this. When we think we can't win, we isolate into a cave, into a den. Why do you think we call it a man cave? It's a place where the outside world cannot get to us, and we can numb ourselves out of thinking about what needs to happen out there. And defeated men spend all their time in a man cave. I'm not knocking you if you have a man cave or a bourbon lounge, uh, <laughs> Rich Bogle. You know who you are. But if, and besides, he's got a strong wife and roof, so he's not going to retreat in there anyway. She'll come find him. But if he didn't have a strong, cherished woman, and I found out he was in there every night for multiple hours, you best but bet as a good pastor. What are you doing in here? This is okay for a second. This is okay for a reprieve, but you can't live here. But too many men live in their own personal cave. And we do that when we think we can't win. You think I'm doubting? Like, take a guy and show him a sport he's never played and then try to get him to do it in front of people. Every time. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to watch. Unless we look around and there's one other guy that's going to be worse than us, then maybe we'll do it. But if we see ourselves with a losing outcome, if we see ourselves as a loser, we pull back. I see this in marriages all the time. And let me just free tip here. Wives, getting on your husband for retreating makes him feel more like a loser, which causes him want to go more back into the cave. I'm not saying don't have honest conversations, but be careful that you don't begin to partner with what the enemy is already whispering in his ear and you speak the same language. It's okay to be real and be passionate, but, but one of your jobs as a, as, a, as a spouse, as a helpmate, is to align with God and start to speak who God says they are over them even when you don't see it. And you say, well, I'm not, I don't want to be disingenuous. Let me tell you something. The devil talks in your past. God talks in your future. When God talks to you, you have to remember, he is outside of time. So when he talks to you and he calls you something and you're like, why is he, you know, you get a prophetic word. What? Leader? I've never even like led anything, you know? But God's not speaking to you from the moment. Now he's speaking to you from what he has seen and ordained and planted. He speaks. He's outside of time. So he might be talking about you in 10 years. He might be talking about you in two months. 
but he speaks from the future. The devil speaks of the past, and you don't want to get aligned. This is for both sides of being a spouse, husband or wife. If you are just trying to get them out of the cave, but by reminding them you suck because you're in the cave, you're not stepping up and you're not doing the right things, all you're doing is partnering when you could, with the same fervency, be like, you are the man, you are, you have this, you've got this. I believe in you. You don't belong in that cave. Your kids love you. We believe in you. You see the difference there. You're still gonna have passion, but you're pulling up. And I'm not just gonna pick on the ladies. Husbands, we're to meant, meant to speak life. See the difference a little bit, stereotypically, but true, is men will we'll pull ourselves in the cave and we just pretty much wanna be alone. Okay? A lot of times, guys, I'm gonna help you. When your wife says, I'm angry at you, or says, I'm fine, she's not fine. Uh, <laughs> women have this thing where it's, we think they want what we want. We're like, oh, they just need a little cave time. They don't. They go up to the top of the tower and then make sure there's a moat filled with water and then pull up the drawbridge and then recruit a dragon to guard that <laughs> tower. And what they're asking is, Let's see if he really means what he says. Will he come up here and get me? They're waiting to see if you're going to come get them out of the cave. Come on, am I, ladies, am I lying? No. It looks the same on the outside. But the guy says, can you just leave me alone for a minute? I've got a process. And the girl says, just leave me alone. You better catch me. <laughs> so that's a, let me help you. Let me help you. That was anointed. Some of you guys been scratching your head like, I did what she said. She said she was mad. She wanted to be alone. Don't get it. I'm going to go in my man cave. Don't do that. Don't turn on a video game. Don't, like, go on Instagram. You go up in that room. Baby, I love you. Dodge the shoe. Baby, I'm sorry. Dodge the hairdryer. We have got this. I know I was a jerk. You want to argue, but my point was right. But you got to switch the argument to, I didn't argue it right. I was a jerk. I'm sorry. Anyways, amen. You're welcome. But get out of the caves. Get out of the caves. Marriages, get them out of the caves. Fight for each other. When you're fighting, be fighting for connection. Not trying to one-up each other. And then friendships, connect groups. Listen, you cannot reach your destiny in God alone. He made it that way. He tried one man alone. He went, oh, the Eden has become a bachelor pad. This is disgusting. He needs a helpmate. And from then on, we never meant to be alone, okay? And we have friendships. We have relationships that are important. Bible says that when we confess to one another, we are healed. Isn't that interesting? We're forgiven by God, but it's actually people that help us see the blind spot. All right, so that's point number one. What did... What, what was the problem going on there is that people were in their caves. God wants to pull you out of the caves. Point number two. Thank you, Jesus. We can bring the keys up too. Uh, I'm gonna jump into this story. Then the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel and said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. This is, sorry, uh, verse eight, and we're gonna go to verse nine now, guys. And he delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave, your, gave you their land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites 
in, the, in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. You wanna insulate your life and be on the path of valor and keep seeing God doing what maybe he did this weekend at Emerge or what he's been doing in your life. You wanna insulate your life. There comes a point where we surrender to Jesus' goodness and his love and his grace. And we begin to say, you know what? God, I'm gonna take your opinion as more valid than mine. And we begin to start to obey in our life. This isn't popular preaching because people don't like being told what to do, but it's important. We rob people. You know, every way of God leads to life, the Bible says. God doesn't put up the guardrails of life to ruin your experience. He puts up the guardrails of life to protect your experience, right? It's just like when they close little cottonwood, I'm always mad. I'm like, why do they close that road? And then I see a video of an avalanche. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> They're gonna take a little time, not do what I wanna do in the moment. I wanna get up there and be the first in the parking lot and be first, but they're gonna make sure that I get there safe and unharmed. And that's what God does. And so your life needs to begin as you read your Bible. I love it. I love it when new Christians that didn't grow up around church at all start reading their Bible because every day they're like, did you know this? <laughs> like, I love that. I, 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 oh, I love that so much. You know, they're like the first couple times, did you effing know this? Like they don't, they're still trying to work even that out. And I love that. I love the, I love the raw, you know. And, uh, but they start saying, okay, I'm gonna try that. And that area starts getting blessed. I'm gonna try that tithing thing. And then all of a sudden, I've never seen it not happen. First time someone tithes, I've never seen God not go, let me put a little check on that and make sure you know that obedience was seen. I could go on and on of the God stories I've heard, but, but God, God's a gentleman, but, and, and when he first meets you, he doesn't clean you before he gives you his grace. So I wanna make this clear. I'm not talking about earning his love or salvation. He took that on the cross. But as your life leads, as your life begins to walk on this path of valor, this path of breakthrough, this path of supernatural, it has to be partnered with obedience as the Holy Spirit reveals to you what he says to do. Some of you just, there's a train of bad relationships behind you. And God's saying, you know, daughter or son, if you would just do it in the order I told you to do it, meet them get to know them, get married, then get in the bed and getting in a lot once you get married. That's in the Bible, okay, it's important. God's not anti, he made it. He's like, yeah, it's awesome, but it only works just like a fire works really good in a fire pit. Doesn't work great in an open field with wind, right? It's powerful. It needs to be protected by covenant because if not, it'll begin to use to manipulate See, love says, what can I give? This is Rex Graham. Love says, what can I give? Love says, what can I take? And so all of a sudden you're in this exchange where you've got to do this to keep that person in the relationship. It gets ugly. Anyways, that's a freebie for the single people in here. Obedient. You guys got a little quiet with that. Just take a breath. It's all right. You and the Holy Spirit, I want you to work this out. Obedience leads to blessing. Obedience leads to blessing. God's gonna do really good things. And if right now under my voice, you're thinking of something you did and you're feeling shame, guilt, and condemnation, can I tell you something? That's not God whispering to you right now. See, conviction sounds like this. Here's what you should hear. You know what? He's right. 
from here on out, I can do this. I can do how God told me to do. And God, please help me to do it, right? But condemnation sounds like this. Sinner, look at you. Look at you. See, BC. God's not gonna talk about the BC. Once you have Jesus in your life, the BC is done. He's talking about AD, after Jesus. He's talking about my mercies are new every morning. You can start doing things right today and begin to see the blessings of God. Obedient, obedience breaks the curse. Deuteronomy 5.33, you shall walk in the ways in which the Lord God has commanded you and you may, that you may live and that you may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land that you shall possess. James 1.22 says this, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Obedience breaks, not just brings blessing, but it breaks the curse. It breaks your, your hard work seeming to be just swept up by chaos and, and disorganization. It breaks off the curses. So give it a go. And, and look, what I love with Jesus is he'll put his finger on something. Like he, he'll walk with you and one day he'll be like, this one I want. I want that one. And you're like, oh God, I'll give you this one. This one's awesome. He's like, no, I, my finger's gonna stay here. And you're over here and you're over there and you're trying to do these things. Like, I didn't, you can deal with the, we'll deal with those when I want to deal with those, but I want that one. Go into obedience. It's always worth it. Okay. Point number three, change your confession. This is my, I'm going to end here. This is my favorite um, interaction between God and man. Cause like, God's like, just not hearing it. I love it. Okay. Check this out. Verse eight. This is him coming to gain. He said, oh no, sorry, not verse eight, guys. Go to verse 12. There we go, verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Let's go. Check out this mighty man's response. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the wine, wine, wine? Where are all the miracles? which our fathers told us about saying, did you not the Lord bring you up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. That sound like a man of valor? Nope. <laughs> Check out Jesus's response. He just he tackles the issue so much. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this mighty, in this might of yours. Like I'm sure Gideon's like, whoa, bro, hey. What ha I just said, I, I don't know if God's here. We're, 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 everything sucks. We haven't seen a miracle. And it's like God, and this is my point. God doesn't, whining doesn't compute in the kingdom. It doesn't make sense in heaven. So if you're sending up perpetual, no, oh, woe is me, woe is me. It, there's a breakdown of communication. That's why the Holy Spirit gave you the gift of tongues to pray in tongues. Because if you can't figure out a positive confession, the Holy Spirit's like, let me pray for you. Because I'm talking to you about, I know how you feel. So I, this is how I picture it. I feel like the Holy Spirit, he comes into us and he's like, okay, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like he's, he's the counselor, right? But, but then he's like, but, but this isn't gonna compute up there. Father God doesn't get this because when he looks down, he sees the son. He sees Jesus. He sees what Jesus did. And so this doesn't compute up here, so let me pray for you. And that's how you can start. Anyways, that's a, another freebie, but praying in tongues is a good thing. And if you came from a theology that says that's wrong, 
then you got to undo a lot of Bible. Got to undo a lot of Bible. Why does Paul say, I pray in tongues more than all of you? Not preach in tongues. They're two different things. Anyways, just going to leave that there. Some of you aren't ready for that. It's okay. We got to change our confession. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It's changing the confession. I want to keep reading that scripture, guys. Go back to where we were because there's more talking going back and forth. Probably verse, there you go. Then the Lord turned and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Great question. Next one. And he, and he said to him, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Still doubting. Indeed, my clan is the weakest. Here we go. A lot of times the thing isn't the thing. Just hear me on this. Oh, God hasn't done any miracles. We heard about it, but it's never happened. Now we get down to the root because God ignores that. And now we get down to the real thing. He's insecure. I'm from the smallest tribe. I've been living in a cave. I don't have what it takes. That level of vulnerability can get, get God somewhere. So indeed, my clan is the weakest in and I am the least in my father's house. Daddy issues, so many of them. Next one. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You notice how God just never lets that negative declaration of himself. He doesn't even address it because to address it would mean that in his eyes, there's some validity to it. He just scoots right past it. This is such a beautiful picture of how your heavenly father operates. Don't get me wrong. He cares about every tear you've cried, the Bible says. He knows he's counted every tear that's fallen from your eyes. He hates to see you hurt, but he knows that you staying in that hurt, staying a victim, staying faithless, staying a person that looks at circumstance instead of what has God said? How did the enemy first attack mankind? Did God really say? Most of everything in your faith walk has to do with the devil being like, did God really say? Can you really trust? Can you really believe? Can you really step into this thing that he said? Let's bring the band up. Change your confession. We're back in the real world now for those of us who just got back from merch. I personally had like, Monday was pretty chill, thank you Jesus. And then Tuesday and Wednesday just felt like they punched me in the face. And it was a reminder, I'm back in the real world. I don't got Rex Crane like just to encourage me every two hours, you know? Don't got Rex waiting behind the corner, pray on me and knock me over. I got... I got to do this, and I'm telling you, this, this message is for me. It's, it's, I'm preaching even into myself right now. Is that, God, I want to believe that what you said on the mountaintop is with me in the valley. I want to believe that in my trust and obedience, I want to believe that in my positive declaration, I'm telling you what I want to release today is some of you need to begin to prophesy to the circumstance that you're facing came home and you're like, man, I'm going to be the best husband. And it, it, you know, it might, you might not, might've been a fight, might've been a slip, might've, but are you going to, are you going to now go back into the cave or are you going to take God at his word? Are you going to take God at his word when he says, you mighty man or woman of valor, get up, believe again, step out again. 
I felt like that was the word tonight is God just saying, step out again. Step out again. Don't let yesterday, I'll say it again. The devil works in your BC. He works in your past. But God is speaking to you from your future. And he's speaking you to, to a, from a future that he can create and that he's ready to partner with you on. Why don't we stand to our feet? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. We didn't come here for information. We came here for power and transformation. We came here to have you activate. First thing I want to do, just like Gideon, if, if you're wearing a negative proclamation over yourself, oh, I'm the, I'm from a broken household. Oh, I'm a, I'm an addict. Oh, I'm a, I'm a whatever. I'm unclean. I'm a victim. I'm stupid. I don't know why it is, but so many people grew up with parents that accidentally just labeled their kid like that in frustration and God wants to break that off. You're not stupid. That proclamation needs to be broken off of you. And I want you to hear heaven's proclamation over you. You mighty man or woman of valor, go forth in this might. Right now, if you have a negative proclamation over your life that you want to break off, that you're just saying, all right, Jesus, I'm going to stop talking about what someone said to me in my past, and I'm going to start listening to what you're calling me right now from the future. You're calling forth, pulling me out of. If you want to break right now a negative proclamation, the Holy Spirit's going to bring it to you. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was an ex, an ex-spouse, an ex an ex relationship, but whatever it is, I believe God wants to break it off you right now. And so right now, as I'm going to pray with you, but just between you and God, if you're saying, pick that phrase, and you're saying, Jesus, I'm not going to take this proclamation into my future. I'm leaving it here today. If that's you, just put your hand in the air. I want to pray for you right now. Lots of hands in the air. God, you see right now, the Holy Spirit knows the proclamation that was made over you. And right now, under the power of God, coming through my voice, the Holy Spirit, he is breaking off that proclamation. He is breaking off that label. He calls you mighty. He calls you loved. He calls you important. He calls you brilliant. He calls you valuable. He calls you cherished. He calls you pure. God, we break off those negative vows. We break off agreement with them right now. And Holy Spirit, will you come right now and fill it with the truth. Fill it with your truth. Speaking from where you speak, God. We thank you that you're breaking it off in Jesus' name. And if you believe he's broken off, give him an amen and a shout. We're going to bring the ministry team up in a minute. I also felt very strongly that, you know, biblical repentance is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's not Hollywood. It's not, it's, it's just saying, okay, God, 
It means to change the way you think. It's just saying, okay, God, I know you've wanted obedience from me in this area. And I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you. Some of you say, well, yeah, but what if I, I've, I've, I've tried in my own strength to do, do this and I haven't been able to do it. What if I mess up? God's gonna partner with you and his mercies are new every morning. So if you have a slip, he's not gonna leave you, but he, he needs you to get on that path. He needs you to get on that, that's it, I've had enough. And I, and I don't wanna put little faith in you. I actually believe there's an anointing that if you've tried to be obedient in this area and you failed before, God is saying yes, but this time there is an anointing for it. You will actually have power. You've gotta partner with it, but you will have the power because he's gonna replace with what you're, what you're bringing in obedience, he's gonna re- bring in what used to be a curse. He's gonna start to bring in the blessing of God. You're gonna get peace because you're being obedient. You're gonna feel a depression's gonna break because you're stepping into obedience in that area. There's gonna be a replacement. And so right now, I'm gonna have everyone close their eyes, bow their head, but if, if the Holy Spirit's bringing an area where you know you've been in disobedience, and I'm just gonna tell you right now, at Emerge, I, I had this, so my hand's up right now, but if there's an area where you know you've been in disobedience. Don't take these moments lightly, but you're gonna say to God tonight, tonight, Lord, I'll admit that that is not the way way I should do it. And I am going to now let you be the Lord in this area. And I'm gonna chase your way in this area. And if that's you and you just wanna tell God, I mean, I'm gonna pray for you, but this between you and God, if you're saying tonight under, the, under my voice, I'm telling you, I know there's people, you've been afraid to give this area, you've been afraid to be obedient in this area, but God wants your trust because he loves you and he has good things for you. If you need to just surrender to obedience area, repent and say, now I'm gonna do this the way God said, I want you to put your hand in there and I'm gonna pray for you as well. Come on, lots of hands. Thank you. I love the first people, the brave people. God, we thank you, Lord, for every hand that's up. We thank you, Lord, that you don't ask us to do anything that you don't have the power to equip us to do. And right now, I break, I break the curse that the thief has had access to steal from our life. I break that off of their life as they surrender this thing to you. And they say, yes, I'm going to be obedient. Wherever robbery has happened from disobedience, right now, your mercy is fresh. And I declare that the blessing of obedience begins to flow right into that area immediately. God, depression's going to break. Anxiety's going to break. Addictions are going to break. God, we thank you that you are giving the power, the power to operate in this, the power to be free of it. In Jesus' name, one more time, give Jesus a shout. Come on. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.